Go. Five, four, three, two. Three, two, one. Hi, Beatrice, how are you? Great, Rosemary, thanks. Although I have to say your counting leads something to be desired. (laughs) (laughs) This is a bad note to start on. I would just like to ask something now so that everybody knows you are now like, are you recording me without my consent? Um, no, I thought there's a little record thing up on the top of my screen. I thought you just said, OK, you are recording me. Without I don't my think it consent. was that without your consent. I said I'm recording you and you nodded. You, I, if we if we play back the video, which we will after this, pretty sure there was a nod. Mm hmm. Your I hair bounced. Your hair bounced in agreement. There was a definite nod. <laughs> That's that's uh, just my fetch kill hairstyle. But you know what? You're fine because in Indiana, you don't need, I found this out, you don't need two-party approval to co- for a covert recording. Are you actually serious? Weird? You can just record someone. Yeah. That reminds me of the time I was in the office, not necessarily in Indiana, but that reminds me of the time I was in the office and uh, I went over to talk to somebody oh, yeah. who worked in a different department and... I thought we had a great relationship, genuinely. Like, I don't think I'm somebody who needs to be recorded by any stretch of the imagination, but like, then that's my own opinion. And we started having a conversation and she did something really awkward with the phone. And I was like, what are you doing? She goes, eh, nothing. And I said, what are you doing with your phone? She goes, I'm recording us. I said, what are you recording us for? She goes, just to make sure that we have what our conversation on the record. Like the conversation was literally totally banal. Nothing ever came of it, but it was the weirdest thing ever because it was very uncovert. Well, she should have got one of those pens that a friend of mine, who shall remain unnamed, bought in order to record their boss during a difficult conversation. And then when I was like, are you sure that's legal? They were like, yeah, it's fine in Indiana. What is this you can pen? Get a pen? You can get a pen and you click it like a biro and it starts to record. Oh my God, I need about 20 of these pens. Not for, like, then, not for any kind of like illicit, but just to be like, yeah, that was a ridiculous conversation. Also, so I could write things down afterwards because I always oh my want God. to remember your them. Pen, your pen would be dead. <laughs> the battery would be dead in about two seconds. You'd be like, the baby said something really hilarious. Chance said something really hilarious. John, say that again. That was really well, hilarious. And the pen would be dead. Uh, also, the pens would be lost. I'm like, where's my phone? Where are the pens? Where's my handbag? Where's my credit card? It would be lost. Oh, or be like, or actually like the one voice transcriber I have somewhere that has, that pops up around the house to haunt me that has one short story that I ever recorded in my life ever that both you and Don somehow managed to find and like click when you want to super embarrass me and play for me. Yeah. Oh my God, it's coming back yes, to me. Yes, from Milan. I bought a transcriber because I was like, I'm going to be the next great American novelist, even though I'm Irish. I'm going to be the next Irish novelist, right? And I was like, well, it's much better <laughs> if I could just like transcribe what I'm saying because it's so genius and gen- genuinely most of it is in the middle of the night and like it's super amazingly smart. And then if I could just, actually, I could I could read you something that I, oh, I don't have my phone. I could read you something that I wrote down the other in the middle of the night that was allegedly genius. And when I woke up the next day, I was literally like, I cannot make head her tales of this total nonsense. I, I did that for a while where I basically was convinced that I was having all these great ideas right before bed so I started writing them down and then I'd go back to them the next day and it would basically say something like the juxtaposition of water and a coffee mug <laughs> and I'd be like what? 
And like in my, you know, before I went to sleep, I'd be going, that's a great piece. I'm going to write that tomorrow. Well, I also compose amazing bits of music in my sleep. And I can neither write sheet music. Like, I mean, I can write, you know, one line of piano music if forced. But I mean, it's not like I'm composing things, but literally I'm doing a... Oh, but you know what I read about the Rolling Stones as well? And in some interview, Keith Richards and Mick Jagger both said that they're a lot of their music came to them in their sleep and so they have a pen paper behind their beside their beds behind their beds beside their beds and they wake up you know in the morning and write their music down and I think that was part of like I was like me too and I hear strings and I hear the whole like arrangement I've just never actually managed to make it do anything beyond just entertain me in my sleep I think the closest I've ever got to that was that I had an entire dream set to that song, The Shadowlands by Ryan Adams, in which I was naked and riding an enormous black horse. Do you know what? That was actually very prophetic of you as it turned out with Ryan Adams and his... Brian or Ryan? Ryan. Oh, yeah. Ryan. With his, like, slightly Me Too personality. Oh, yeah, now, yeah, yeah. That you weren't fully clothed, you know? And he was probably saying things oh. like, do this music in my barn and then I'll release it if you marry me. And yes, that was my American All of accent. Our faves. <laughs> that there was an excellent American accent, but all of our faves are ruined now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, kind of. But yes. Anyway, so tonight, Rosemary, what are we going to talk about? Or today, in this episode, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about online dating. Oh, okay. Great. Are we? <laughs> Surprise. Yes. Which was one of the topics that was suggested. I mean, like, I know I've mentioned this, but a few of the topics were like, Beatrice's life, Beatrice's career. So I'm glossing over those and we're going to talk about online dating. So <laughs> terribly jealous. Beatrice's online dating. No, you also online dated, right? Even though I have to say, yes. as you pointed out to me so kindly today that I was at the forefront of it because I'm ancient. But I would like to say, no, I was at the forefront of it because I lived in Paris at the time and the Parisians in France, in fact, was where online dating apparently first took off. Oh, I didn't know that. You did because I told you today. <laughs> Like, I didn't know that before that. And, and I thought we were having these conversations like we hadn't had them before. So stop being a dickhead. <laughs> so when you were online dating in Paris, it was obviously, obviously, before the cell phone in terms of like, you didn't have apps. So was it just like a website? Did you have to, you know, did you have to put your profile up on a website? Can you remember? Was it match.com? What was no, it? no, it was called Meetic. I'm trying to think like. It's called what? Meetic. M-E-E-T-I-C. It was, it was French. Mythic. It was French. It's not remotely French. It was French. Mythic. Um, it's it's kind of like like an affectionate way of talking about your stupidest child. What does that mean? He's French. Uh, no, like ah, uh, Sammy. He's mythic. Oh get it? my god! That never occurred to me. No. Anyway, yes. Oh. So I was online dating. I was working. And I would constantly, you're right, there were no apps. So I'd constantly be trying to get some like, you know, super smart emails in, in French before it was time to leave work so that I could go and meet somebody. But it's actually, I was thinking about this today. There's actually something very addictive about online dating, right? It's like, on the one hand, you're thinking, well, I was thinking, could I just please meet the man of my dreams? And on the other hand, I'm like, could I not meet him? Because I really enjoyed this and I want to keep going and dating. Because I remember when I actually started dating somebody, like, seriously, through online dating, when I met somebody that I actually liked and kept dating, there was an aspect of me that was like, mm, could this not work? Because then I could, you know. Because you're having fun, yeah, basically. Then I could like keep dating. They're like, who's next? Yeah. Is there something better around the corner? You know what I mean? Is there something better around the corner? I mean, I think it's, I think it can be very addictive. Probably because the two of us quite like, like, I think we're both, nosy is the wrong word, but I think we're both quite curious people and we like, 
chatting to new people and getting to know them and asking them questions about themselves. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I don't like chatting to randomers in the supermarket, but like I do enjoy getting to know new people. And I think that was a part of online dating that I really enjoyed. Yeah, I think... And that I suspect you probably enjoyed too. Well, I mean, I wonder if like maybe I was endowing all of these individuals with way more interesting, you know, traits than they actually had. Like... They, oh yeah, sure. Do you remember I used to send you snippets of my conversations with guys? I'd be like, this guy is so funny. And you would basically get back and be like, no, no, you're being funny. He's being boring. I don't know if I actually enjoyed online dating. I mean, I, on the one hand, I'm saying it was addictive, but I don't know that I actually enjoyed it. It just felt very competitive. Like, I'd, And I mean, it also, I was thinking about this too, like, it's also kind of ridiculous to think that every guy you go out with, you're going like... In theory, you should be thinking like, of the hundred people I go out with, maybe I'll like, really genuinely like, you know, be compatible with one of them or two of them and the rest I'm like I might get on with them and they might be grand but like they're not whereas I think I approached it with like every single one of these I need to be highly compatible with so I was very I think I took it very personally you know what I mean at the beginning and yeah but until I became obsessed and then I was just like churn and burn like date every night like and and I remember at a certain churn and burn. Yeah, but I remember at a certain point, like one of my friends, like you don't actually need to go on a date every night. But I felt like I did, you know, but I don't know that I was my like authentic self. Were you? No. I mean, I think I've talked about this before. My online dating profile was, I mean, look, when I first started online dating years ago was probably when I was about 23. Do you remember? And I went online dating right after I'd broken up with my college boyfriend. And I remember at the time you saying to me, do you not want to be single for a while? And I was like... I do. I'm just online dating yeah, for fun. I learned like, my mistake, Rosemary. I don't think you're um, yeah. somebody made for singledom, but we should discuss that anon and at length multiple more times. Great. <laughs> and I met this guy and we dated for about a year. And the day we broke up, there was a piece published in the Irish Times about how we had met online. But like, obviously I'd written it 10 days previously and then we had a big oh, break. Oh, thank God you like, wrote it. I, oh, wrote I thought it you literally like meant like out. a puff piece like written by somebody else about like the two of oh. you. No, no, no. I wrote a very like smug piece about how I met my boyfriend online and it came out in the paper the day we broke up. It was desperate. Aww. I mean, I learned a lesson about not speaking about my friend. No, no you did learned not. No, lessons no you anything. absolutely no. never. You have yet to learn that lesson. As, but anyway, <laughs> all I was going to say was when I first started online dating years ago, I think it hadn't really occurred to me to be strategic immediately. Do you know what I mean? So I was very honest about my likes and dislikes. Oh my God, I was blah, never blah, blah, blah. remotely strategic. Whereas then later... Like in the past couple of years when I've online dated, I've been very strategic and I'm like, hmm, what do men like? Oh, my God. And I'll like write things about how I mean. Stripey T-shirts, stripey T-shirts, a pair of sneakers I and was, jeans. I was, I was wearing a lot of stripey T-shirts, but in my profiles, I would talk about how much I liked Star Wars, which, which I do like, but like not that much. Uh, how much I liked Star Wars. And then I would make some joke about like knowing the difference between Star Wars and Star Trek. So I'd be like, I'm not like those girls. Oh, it was so embarrassing. God, so embarrassing. And then. I almost no always offense, put in something I'm about so how I like. Embarrassed. And then I would almost always put in something about how I like chicken wings because I always feel like a chicken, girl who likes wings. chicken wings doesn't take herself too seriously. Well, do you know what? Is that why you're with Brandon? Because didn't he bring you to the chicken wings place the first night you went yeah. out? Because I had it on my fucking profile. Now he thinks he thinks I'm my favorite thing in the world. So he's always trying to get me to eat chicken wings. I wonder if everybody could just <laughs> see my sad, pitiful sorrowful face on your behalf oh well everybody can see it when you release this illicit <laughs> recording the bag of Doritos on the coffee table it's all so chic <laughs> oh I didn't know you could see that I thought I'd push them. no oh. you didn't remotely and the like and the, the white drunk yeah. s'mores frappuccino the white, oh I made s'mores for dessert 
for these boys who didn't deserve so it. So did we. It was chocolate everywhere. I made, yeah, I made s'mores. I toasted them on the gas hob and then the kids go, or should I say, the cooktop. And then the kids go, Mom, you burnt these. You're not good at this. Oh, you know what? You're welcome. You're Literally, welcome. Literally, your husband could like stick those s'mores up his bottom and they'd be like, Dad makes s'mores so good. He would never do that. He would never do that. <laughs> he totally would. And you're right. They totally would be like, oh, they were delicious. Dad's ass s'mores were yum. They'd be like, it's such a smoky flavor. Oh I my food. God. <laughs> anyway, but the thing that I never really understood about dating in Ireland, because obviously I was dating in Paris, just saying, like a little bit more cosmopolitan. No, actually not. Yeah, not remotely cosmopolitan because like nobody understood me. And that's the other thing. Like I dated without, with zero language skills, right? So in hindsight, I think to myself, no wonder these guys, no wonder I like went out with these weird guys, except for the guy that I actually ended up dating. But like, because I, you know, I spoke extremely fluent colleague French on the emails, like as in my colleagues helped me draft the wittiest emails ever. And then suddenly I rocked up to the bar and stuff and I was like, allo, oui, c'est moi. Uh, uh, non, non, je ne comprends pas. Du vin, merci. But like, I never, at least I never had to meet these guys again, right? But I never understood like, when you said you were dating in Ireland, I was a bit like, oh, like that's a smaller pool to be dating in, right? And it turned out like that loads of people you did date, we did know via people. Like, did yeah. that make it uncomfortable yeah. or like, was it fine? Um, I don't think it made it uncomfortable. There was some, like, I have a friend who is a teacher. And so whenever she was online dating, she would only ever do Tinder Gold, which is when you pay for a special level of, a special level, a special level of Tinder where people can't see your profile unless you already like them because she was really paranoid that like parents in her class would see her profile and oh. think she was unprofessional. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, that's one thing if you're like wearing a bikini. Like, just in case anybody can hear the weird dragging noises that is not Ewan McGregor dragging neighbours across. That is literally the kids doing God even knows what. So in case you can hear that. Well, yeah, I mean, if you can hear screaming on this side, that's my boyfriend's kids doing God knows what. <laughs> screaming, basically. <laughs> What, having, having doing the best time what kids doing their do best. Time screaming. Doing what kids do best. Going to bed yeah. extremely well behavedly. Making noise for no reason. But yeah, no, I'm like sometimes I actually found it kind of comforting. I remember I went on a date with this guy who it turned out was a friend of a friend of yours. And I remember thinking, she's really nice, therefore he must be really nice. Like if he's friends with her and her family, then he must be a good guy. If you know what I mean. Well, that's true, but I, like, I think... It made me even more invested in but it. But I think that... Oh, yeah, well, I think that about Ireland in general, though. Like, it's very hard to... Like, I always thought that was really weird when I was living in Milan or when I was living anywhere, basically, that wasn't Ireland. And, and I don't think it's so much to do with, like, it being Italy. But it's more when you are displaced from the place that you grow up. You know, you don't realise, like, how far the tendrils go. Like, how many friends, cousins, relations, like, how broad your network is, just even you know, by dint of knowing somebody, they know somebody and can, like, yeah. there's this kind of chain reaction. Whereas when I moved to Milan and I remember I would date people and it's like, the other thing is, right, you can't also tell about clothing, like, because clothing is such a big signifier and you understand what mm -hmm. the Irish mm -hmm. clothing history is, right? You understand yeah. this means I'm this type of person or I'm projecting this type of image. When you go to Milan, yeah. like, or to Paris, Paris, maybe not as far, but like Milan is a very distinct sartorial universe, right? And I would be going out with people. And I'd be like, I don't really know what this is. This the equivalent of a, you know, of a four piece suit. Is this the equivalent of a juicy couture tracksuit? Is this the equivalent of a shell suit? Like, I mm -hmm, don't really know mm -hmm. what you're messaging to me here. And then I would 
go out with them and their friends. And like, it took a lot longer to kind of understand culturally kind of what you had in common or not in common with people. And not to say that like, it's about how, you know, I feel like in a way it broadened my horizons because it made me more open because I did date and hang out with a lot of really different people. But it also made me much more aware probably of how much people message through their clothing. And when you don't have that sort of... uh, kind of stake in the ground like how hard it is you know how many things you're trying to ascertain all at once like it's like we almost have okay I I understand what circles you move in I understand what your job is I understand kind of the uh the arena that you live in and then I can go from there do I like you beyond that whereas I was starting like way 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 back yeah but you know what I'm what else I think you miss out on when you date abroad and obviously I know this from the two people I went on dates with in America but it's just something that I've thought about a lot if you don't know what it means to be from somewhere and what I mean by that is if you start dating somebody who's from say in Dublin from Fox Rock right you have an idea that that person has grown up with wealth you know what I mean and you kind of think okay they have money so that probably means that they like come from x or like a certain level of education or whatever it is or you know somebody grew up in Crumlin so you're like okay they're from a working class background or you know like that kind of culture that like our parents are from so you kind of identify with them in a certain way whereas I feel like then when you're abroad you don't know what it means to be from anywhere if you know what I mean so the other thing is I think there's a validation that comes from I know a friend of a friend of a friend and you immediately think great you're not a psychopath and if I go missing they know I went missing with you right because like I think in Milan or in Paris or even in New York I was always thinking, like, who knows this person? Like, is he actually who he says he is? And I definitely think that we all met people who were not what they who they said they were and who had entirely fake yeah. profiles and backgrounds. And I mean, even in Ireland, people tried to get away with that in a much smaller, you know, we, we've all seen cases and we see cases in the news of people who've tried to pretend to be something that they're not. But like, I genuinely think that there were not just that I'm married, but that I'm also actually nuts and I'm, you know, but you, there's nobody you can reach out to. Whereas, um, like, did yeah. you feel comfortable? Did, did it make you feel more comfortable? Did it give you a, maybe a full sense of comfort? The fact that you were going out with this person who then was the friend of a friend and like she valid, you know, she vouched for him and you were saying like you really liked him and then maybe it didn't end up where you thought it well, would. Well, you know what? With with that particular example, it was one of those really weird ones where we we went, our initial date was for coffee and we were both talking about it like we'll just go for a vetting coffee. And that's kind of what I used to do like more recently when I'd online date, I'd try and just go for coffee with people because in a way I'd be like, I'm not wasting an entire day like or an entire night and like getting dressed up and going for drinks and all this kind of investment. I'd be like, let's just meet for a coffee, see if we even gel, you know, if we even have anything to talk about and then we can go on a proper date the next time. So we went for coffee and then after the coffee, it was like, will we go for a drink? Will we go for something to eat? We ended up kind of meeting for coffee at 3 p.m. and staying out until 1. You know what I mean? So I was like, this has gone so well. We got on really well, loads to talk about. He walked me home, came in for a glass of wine. We sat in the back patio, didn't kiss or anything, actually. But it was just a really nice date where I was like, this is definitely like going to go somewhere. And he texted me the minute he left, basically. I was like, I had a great time. Like, I'd love to do this again. And this in combination with the fact that he knew your friend, that I was like, he's so nice. We got on so well. He's definitely not going to be a dick. You're also thinking he knows that you know yes. he knows your friend, right? So yeah, he can't treat yes. you badly. So I was like, yeah, so I was like, he's not going to risk being a dick because he's going to think it's going to get back to these people that he's friendly with. Well, little did I know, all <laughs> men have the capacity to be absolute dicks because he texted me Rosemary, was like, hashtag not all men. All men have the capacity. Basically. So do all, not so all, men do all women, Rosemary. <laughs> don't 
upset me. Anyway, he texted me. It was like, I had a great time. I'd love to do it again. It was when the, the latest season, the last season of Game of Thrones was out. So he was like, do you want to come over during the week to watch the oh, first episode of Game of Thrones? I remember this. I was delighted for you. Yeah. Well, oh I was God, also, so well, honestly, I was more delighted because I was like, oh my God, he is a homebody. Rosemary will love this. Because in fairness, for anybody who's listening, like the first date you had with Brandon was Chicken Wings. The second date you had was you forcing him to watch every episode of Buffy on his sofa in his house, right? This is a lie that you keep <laughs> perpetuating on this very podcast and to all of our friends and family. It was I date that was true before... <laughs> It was date number three before we watched one, one She's like, episode she's of like number two, the internet was down. <laughs> no. On date number two, we went for dinner and we went for a walk around downtown oh. where he told me things about buildings I'm... that he, I don't think, I think he actually made. It. But anyway. Where did you go for anyway, dinner? I think we went to Junk Ditch. Oh, that's romantic. I thought you definitely was sure we... you forced Buffy on him. No, that was, that was date number three and we have yet to even commence season two. Oh. So my... My uh, Buffy watch once. Oh listen, my once gosh. he got what he wanted. Once he got what he wanted, Buffy was off the table. Once he got what he wanted, I have to wonder what that was. <laughs> junk ditch. All right. Okay. Go it. ahead. <laughs> anyway, this guy invited me over to watch Game of Thrones. I was literally at home. You know what the other thing was? He was the first guy I'd ever ever dated, who I suspected was seriously wealthy, and I was <laughs> so excited because I'd <laughs> always just such thought. A disgrace. I know, but I'd always just thought, like, why can't I just meet someone rich? Would this you know, be like, similar? Your friends meet someone is this, rich. Yeah, is this similar to how you texted me the other day, even though you are now in love with Brandon and I am 10 years married, and you said, why could none of us, neither one of us, have met Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg? Why did we not marry them? <laughs> I'd just like to point out, I didn't mean because of their personalities, which seem genuinely oh. shit. I just meant because of their, like, ambition Oh, I don't think... Money. I don't think anybody. Money. <laughs> I don't think anybody was assuming it was for their personalities or their good looks or looks. <laughs> so anyway, this guy was really wealthy, owned two cars, one of which was an Audi. Like you're going to say a Maserati. Seen... This is like this is this is mediocre. Says the no, woman. Like... Says the woman with the two station wagons. What do I even have? What's this thing called? <laughs> a mom uh, van. I think it's called like. A Chrysler home and country. What is it like? It's, it's, it's like name. a mom van, town, right? Town and county. Like, yes. Base, but let's not mock it because you're using mine. You're using one of them right now. Oh my God. And it's served me exactly. well. Anyway, I'm never going to get to the end of this story. <laughs> he invited me over to watch Game of Thrones. I think I then didn't hear from him for like two days. And then I texted him the day I was meant to come over and was like, you know, hey, so are we still up for doing something tonight? No, no, I think and you texted. You texted and you were like, hey, I've got my two fur throws. They're wrapped around my shoulder. I'm outside your door. Let me in. <laughs> outside your door with my silver wig on. That would and, have been um, so amazing. That would have been amazing. Got, and I actually did. I've got my dragons. I did I'm know, outside your door. <laughs> I actually did know where he lived because when he had said to me, come over, we'll watch Game of Thrones. And I was like like slightly drunk but also probably totally sober going give me your address right now so you can't worm your way out of it like literally said that to him anyway so I knew where he lived but I didn't show up with my wig on that's not the point the point is I texted him and said are we still on for tonight he wrote back and was like hey basically like my head's all over the place um it's like I'm, my head's all over the place there's a woman outside my door with two fur throws and a dragon don't you honestly wish, though, sometimes with the happy yeah. stories work out that you just had shown up with the two balloons yes. in yes. the shape of dragons? 
<laughs> yes. Oh my god, I actually fucking I fucking oh, wish I had sent them and taped them to his door. <laughs> dragon balloons. Anyway. And he This story like, is dragging my... on, Rose. We could you hurry up? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. You'd think like the scale of this story. <laughs> Look, anyway. So he basically said something about you know, just coming out of a relationship, he'd just come out of a relationship, I think, about three months earlier, but it was blah, like seven blah, years blah, blah, right? You're like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And he said, I don't want to get into anything. Like, I don't want to get into anything too. I don't want to rush anything or something. And I was like, sure. Ne- never heard from him <laughs> you're again. Like peeling, well, no. You're like, like peeling. <laughs> you're peeling the fur coats off your shoulders. You're like, no problem. Would have never heard from him again, except for about 10 days later, I texted him and was basically like, what the fuck? I actually and, was and, so and he, delighted with that. I was so delighted with that. Like, what an absolute I, yeah, knob. I know you were. I'm just I'm just moving on. So <laughs> I basically texted him about 10 days later and I said, hey, like, what happened? I thought we got on really well. Like, what's the story? And he basically wrote back and was like, hey, how are you? How are things going? How's the online dating going? And I was like, are you actually fucking joking? Like, I'm not having a chat with you about how the online dating's going. What the fuck happened? And he was like, what do you mean? I thought we had a great time. I've gone on some mad dates since then. I have some mad stories. I think the two of us could be really good friends. Give me a I break. Like, I've gone on loads what? of dates since then. Is he joking? No, he wasn't joking. Was he even at, he was not joking, was he even at home when you were knocking on his door with the dragons? <laughs> this is only funny because of your face right now. But you know what's like, this is really annoying me now because I can no longer see your face because you're literally oh. sitting in fucking Gandalf's cave. What? You're sitting and you're sitting in pitch black because oh. there's not a light on in the room. Let me turn all the lights on. Hold on. Pause. <laughs> God, you are hilarious. Literally. Once again, I did nothing funny. You've been laughing at yourself I, for the last no, 15 minutes. I've been laughing at you. Your story is actually hilarious. It's like you're so <laughs> angry. You've been laughing at my story that I didn't do. No. You're laughing at the part of the story where I turned up in my fur coat. No, no, no. That was funny. But no, I was also laughing at you. Okay, go on. Oh my God, I was, I was so pissed off. And I remember loads of my friends at the time were like, oh, like you should never have texted him. What? I was going, why not? But like, why are we, why do we let people off the hook all the time? I was literally like, you literally, you led me on. Oh yeah. And then I said something like, no, no. Oh no. I said, uh, you're clearly getting the hang of this online date because on our first date, he was like, oh, this is my first online date. I really, and, and like my friends have been telling me about ghosting. That I, like, I never knew it was a thing and blah, blah, blah. Break. And when I texted him, then I said, you're clearly getting the hang of it because you, because you ghosted me really well. And he basically was like, oh no, no, no. I didn't ghost you. I was like, what do you think it means? Because that's exactly what, except for you've written back to this Well, text. I have to say, exactly. I was proud of you because I remember a very similar scene in Paris where I went out on a date with this guy. First date, and he brought me, he brought me for drinks, like out on some terrace downtown in the middle of Paris with two of his colleagues, which I took as like a mega good sign. We've been chatting for, I don't know, maybe a day and a half, yeah. right? And he was like, here are my two colleagues. They seemed super normal, a girl and a guy. And we all had super casual drinks and it was great fun and we went back to my house we had another glass of wine I I mean Don's going to be listening so I don't think we kissed I think we kissed right uh, but like nothing major right and then it was like oh we're going to meet up and he just spent the whole time telling me like how happy he was that he had met me and like finally and he'd been online dating for who knows how long and hadn't met anybody decent and this was just now this this validated for him like you know everything was great etc Fast forward about a week, I'm like, where is this dude? So I would be texting him like, hey, 
are we, you know, are we going to meet up for a drink? And he would call me and he would serenade me on his guitar and tell me stories of his ailing cat. <laughs> right? My cat's really sick, so I can't come out. I'm like, your cat's... Re-. But did I say, your cat's really sick and you can't come out? Forget it. I was like, your cat's really sick. Could you play me another song? Like, literally, I then sobbed into my pillow for about two full weeks straight until finally... I decided like I couldn't actually put up with this anymore. We had like, I can't even tell you. I mean, at least 10 nightly serenades where obviously he was, I don't know, living around the corner with his girlfriend or married or just not that into you. Then that movie came out. He's not that into you. And I was like, oh, this is mind blowing. I think blowing. everybody felt very targeted by that. I felt extremely targeted, especially since yeah. like the cat guy was a pretty recent <laughs> event in my life. Yeah. But I mean, I really thought we had something going on. I'm still shocked by it. I'm like, even now, I'm like, I really thought something good was going to come out of that. It didn't. You know, I got I got chatting to this guy a couple of months before I met Brandon, like a couple of months before I came over here. And I don't know, like we got on really well. He He had some very dodgy photos that were like, you know, you're like, you could be really hot, but you also could have just taking that at a really dodgy angle but I was kind of erring on the side of he's probably a bit hot why was I doing that because they're never hot when they're dodgy <laughs> so angles never mean they're never hot <laughs> no but like so if like like the thing is right I always approach online dating like if I met this guy in a bar and he was funny and he was charming would I fancy him right the answer nine times out of ten is yes uh, right? 11 times out everyone. of ten yeah 11 times out of ten yeah I fancy everyone however if you have to ask yourself is this guy hot it's hard to tell in this photo that he's not hot because he would have put up like his hottest photo, not the photo where you can't tell if he's hot. He could still be attractive when you meet him, but he's not going to be like total blazing hottie. If you have to ask yourself, he's not super hot. Anyway, that's not really the point. We're getting on really well. I t- was totally fancying him. I was like, like, he's really sexy. He seems really funny. And then one day he was like, can I call you? I hate phone calls anyway. And I was like, no, <laughs> I think I just said, oh, sorry, I'm my housemate's asleep which, which she was my housemate's asleep and I'm doing XYZ and then he called me anyway which which should have been a warning sign that I was like if if you're not taking my very first no like don't call me right now I don't know maybe he just really liked you it's supposed to be nice anyway so he called me then and he just the minute we started talking he sounded like I don't know like one of your dad's friends from down the country who would just like make really off-colour jokes. Like he was just like one of these people who thought he was really charming. You know what I mean? But really was Well, you hadn't met go, yet. Ah, you hadn't no. met in person. No, no, no. No, no, no. And then he, he was telling me about how he and his brother, he was like, oh, this hilarious thing happened. Me and my brother were in town and we passed by this homeless guy who asked us for some money. And my brother took out his payslip from his pocket, handed it to your man and said, here's what a payslip looks like so you'll know when you get a job. And he was like, isn't that hilarious? Right? How and I was did like, you I end really up chatting this guy, funny. seriously? I don't really know. He seemed funny initially. I think it was on, you know, it wasn't on Tinder. It was on Plenty of Fish, which is very dodgy now in Ireland. <laughs> very, you like all, honestly, all of, all of the weirdos are on Plenty of Fish. Honestly, oh, you get, like, it's very weird. <laughs> but anyway, and I basically was like, I don't really think that's very funny. And then we were meant to meet up the next night or something. And I basically texted him later on and was like, hey, you know, I actually just don't think that we're, that we'd really get on. He was like, Why? And I was like, well, that joke that your brother made about the homeless guy, like I read it and think it was funny. And that would be something that would really bother me. Like, we're just not the same kind of people at all. And he basically got really thick and was like, I think you're being really judgmental. 
like how dare you judge me on one story and I was literally like just drop it man like we haven't even met man drop it man I'm more bothered by drop this it, man. I'm more bothered by yeah, this like, listen <laughs> leave it out man drop it <laughs> fuck off I can be straight you're actually ridiculous how many online dates did you actually go on a lot I mean, I've never actually sat down and tallied them up. Probably not that many. I did go on an online date with a guy who had just moved up to Dublin from Waterford. And when I told him I'd be in my graph, he said he didn't know where that was. That's fine. You're, you know what? I think it's funny because on the one hand, I was about to say, it's interesting how you're not so judgmental, right? But I think there are so many people. I'm really people. judgmental about small things. Yeah, yeah. But there are so many people who are like, I mean, maybe in hindsight, like, well, not in hindsight. I'm saying in hindsight a lot, but like. I, at the time, at the time when I was online dating, I wondered if I should be more picky because it's not like it worked out super well for me the whole time. You know, I kept going out with these total nut jobs. I remember for a certain while as well, when you say like you were projecting Star Wars, I had this pair of knee high boots that I absolutely <laughs> thought were super sexy, right? But I wore them to I every... I was projecting Star Wars and, and, and you were projecting... Pretty Woman, yeah, well, I, yeah, actually a little bit. I was reading about Pretty Woman. I was reading a review about Pretty Woman today with them. There was an interview with Lily Taylor. Um, is that her name? Lily Taylor, the other sister in Mystic Pizza. And she was talking about Julia Roberts. And they said, well, how did you feel when like Julia Roberts was told you that? Because she's kind of, you know, she's very activist and feminist and, you know, outspoken in her views. She's like, how did you feel when you're working with Julia Roberts? And she told you, like, she's your friend, that she was going to be doing Pretty Woman. And, and your woman goes... I was like, are you even joking right now? You're you're like a sex worker and you're making it nice. <laughs> but anyway, yes, I was the nice sex worker rocking around Paris. And like I had these puss in boots heels from Marnie when I worked at Marnie and they were like up over my knee and they were super, there was like a cone shaped heel and I loved them. I didn't have a lot of occasion to wear them except when I was online dating. And one time I went out with this one guy. <laughs> I went out with him a couple of times and I wore the boots every every time, right? And maybe on like the third or fourth time. And you know, I found him very attractive and very charming and all these kinds of things. We went out and we had dinner and it was like all very civilized. And on about the fourth date, he said to me, I, I went out, I was like, obviously kind of lowered my guard and decided that this was a bit more casual and I wore normal shoes. And he's like, uh, where are the boots? He's like, uh, I really like those boots. Um, why are you not wearing them tonight? And I was like, because uh, I'm just wearing normal. I can walk in them shoes. And he's like, oh, and he never called me again. Yeah. So I was actually shocked. It wasn't me at all. It was the boots. I still have those boots I'm upstairs just in case I, yeah, I still have them upstairs in case I need them again. <laughs> but I also I went out with actually a load of weirdos, I have to tell you. Like I honestly I went out with one guy who was absolutely tiny, right? And I'm about five foot ten. Somebody asked on Instagram how tall I am. And I you used to be five. Foot I 11, used to be five shrunk. foot eleven, but due to cradling four small demanding children, I have become four foot ten. Climbing the maternal Mount Everest. Correct. I shall be doing Pilates soon and hoping to regain that inch or half inch, whatever, five foot ten. Anyway, I, I went out and met this guy. And of course, obviously, then you've got heels on. So you're six foot two, right? And I met this guy and he had said, like, I'm five foot seven or whatever. He was five foot one. And he was absolutely tiny. At a certain point, we were walking towards the restaurant. And he was just super peeved from the moment we met to basically the moment I never saw him again. And halfway there, he goes, do you mind just walking in the street? And I was like, excuse me? And he goes, could you please step down in the street? It's like, this height difference is just really awkward. And I was like, okay. Instead of going, no, I'm going home. I was like, okay. So I step down into the street and I walk in the street beside him as he's on the path. I know, Rosemary, your face is actually worth showing to the world. 
Could you please walk in the street and you I did know, it? I know. What was I even thinking? This guy was super obnoxious. Then we get to the bar, right? And everything I said, you know, the kind of, I mean, it's the kind of person you couldn't even make him up. It's like what I imagine Ernest Hemingway was like if he was also absolutely like, I don't even know, like resentful of his own stature, you know? So we're sitting outside and, oh, sorry, without being a smart writer or thinker. Anyway, we're sitting outside this bar and he goes, I'll get the drinks. And he goes, did you get the drink the first round? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I got the first one. He goes, I'll get the next round. He goes in. I'm sitting outside. It's like sweltering hot. I'm sitting outside for about an hour and a half. I'm like, where is this dude? And it was also, he's pretty small. So like I couldn't see inside if he was in the crush or not, you know, at the bar. <laughs> Finally, I go in, I look around. He's gone. He skedaddled. He left. He just like did a runner it was that bad he also made sure you'd you'd paid for the oh yeah yeah totally you paid for that oh oh, well i went out with another guy who was actually weird right we went to a pizzeria and it was funny because myself my friend julie (laughs) my only friend i'm just gonna be like my only friend julie and i we used to go on dates at the same time so that we could make sure we would text each other, are you still alive, basically? Have you been buried? I mean, I don't even know what the logic was. Are you buried by the expressway? Dot, dot, dot. Or as mom likes to do, I'm, the dot, I'm dot. Shocked. I'm shocked your phone was was like, had had enough battery to even be able oh, to write back thank you. Or as mom likes to do, dot, 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 I'm thinking. I, moms would just be like, dot, 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 oh, I'm dead. Anyway, um, so I was out <laughs> with this guy and he was, he rocked along in his um, Colombo leather jacket, right? And we go down to this downstairs pizzeria and it was all a bit dingy, but it was grand. Like, you know, I mean, who cares? Right. So we're having pizza and we're and, and he was. T- but, you know, the kind of person who's like, everything's terrible. Life's terrible. My job, no job. It's terrible. I'm living at home. I'm with my mom I'm with my sisters. I hate them all. I hate this. I hope you have enough money to pay for the dinner. I go, excuse me. He goes, well, I hope you have enough money to pay for the dinner. I'm not paying for this. I was like, oh, yeah, I. I do. He's like, well, then I'll have another glass of wine. So he then orders another glass of wine. Instead of being like, no, I don't. You need to pay for it. Au revoir. Instead, I'm like, oui, j'ai de l'argent. Like, what the hell is wrong with me? Well, you know, when when uh, me and that ex that I met online, the day that we broke up, we were having this, we were just having the worst day ever. And we had this big fight in actually similarly a pizza restaurant. We had a big fight in a pizza restaurant. And by, I knew sorry, that he had no money. Sorry, by a big fight, do you mean an, a big Irish fight where you whispered fervently and quietly? Because a big fight in any country oh, outside yeah. of Ireland is a big fight. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Like, we had an argument in hushed tones. Yes, yes. Good, like, good. We had a bit of a debate good. In, in hushed tones where he basically said to me, you just always have to be right. And I was like, oh, but I am right. Like, but in this <gasps> occasion, I am actually right. Because it was. Oh, and, uh, my God. He was right, though. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he actually made it very easy to be right. So he was right. <gasps> Rose times infinity. Bitch. So anyway, no, honestly, he was ridiculous. So we had this big, hushed, very subtle argument. And I got so angry that I basically stood up and left him sitting at the table and walked out. And then as I was walking out the front door, I remembered that I was paying, that he had no money. So I went back to the till shaking like hand over my credit card and the waiter was just coming out with our desserts and I was like we don't want them and he was like oh but I'm like we don't want them I just want to pay we want to go have you gone on many though like amazing online dates uh no no I mean literally no actually none I mean the only one I can think of was probably amazing just for its absolute mortification of me I went I met this guy who I thought looked extremely 
handsome and charming and we went out on a date and he was very handsome and charming, like a bit more professorial potentially than I had anticipated. And he couldn't meet up until like 11 o'clock or something, which is very Parisian too. You know, I was a bit like, I mean, actually, now that actually speaks to the obsession. I was like, grand, 11 o'clock. I mean, now I'd be like, 11 o'clock, I'd be in bed by two hours ago. No, thanks. Anyway, I rock up, probably in my boots. And uh, actually, which may explain the next part. And so we have some wine, we have some cheese, etc. And I remember as we were leaving, all of the bars were closed. All of the chairs were stacked up on themselves, you know. And we, he walked me to the subway because we didn't live near each other. Like we lived in different arrondissements. And he goes, he's like, okay, well, it is very nice to meet you, etc., etc. And I remember that he was speaking very nice English to me because, like, as I said, I had pretty poor French at the time. And I went, but I, but... That did not prevent me from being extremely cool and nonchalant in my farewells. And I was like, oh, you know, nice to meet you too. Well, you know, see you soon. And then I was being extremely coy. And I'm sure I like, I, I remember I twisted a little bit to the left as I was, you know, kind of giving him a, a cheeky smile. I'm literally, my whole body has gone cold. <laughs> and then what happened? A cheeky happened? smile, farewell. And I turned to walk down the stairs and my leg disappeared from with, underneath me. And I just slid on my arse, down two very long metro flights of steps. Like, doof, 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 doof. Oh like, very long God. flights of, like... And they're so dirty as well. Oh, that wasn't really what I was thinking. They're metal-tipped, which was the more painful oh. part. Oh. I got down to the bottom. I stood up. I turned <laughs> round. I looked at him. <laughs> I chuckled. Oh, hilarious. What a wally. I waved goodbye. I turned the corner. I burst into tears and I stood there for about three hours crying. <laughs> oh my, but it was agony. <laughs> oh my God, it was so sore. I had the worst bruise ever. Oh, oh my God, it was, and the most embarrassing thing ever. Out of interest, did you ever hear from him again? Yes, this was the guy that I actually dated then for oh. like another year. <laughs> but I think he, oh. well, we never really talked about it. I think he actually thought I was fine. Like some kind of weird oh. cyber woman as I got to the bottom of the stairs. It's like, no problem. <laughs> These things happen all the time. Turned around. Just a faster way to go down the stairs. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I suppose it was very efficient. It was extremely embarrassing. Like, literally mortifying. Like, what else could happen? Oh, I actually fell. I actually fell on that date with the guy. I mean, the guy who was friends with your friend. I fell on that date. But, like, in a really embarrassing way where... My, I was wearing my block-heeled boots, my my only pair of heels that I can actually wear anywhere to do anything. So they're probably and about half an inch tall, just to just to put yeah, this in perspective for everyone. They're pretty low, and also <laughs> I'd like to point out that men who say they're five foot ten on online dating sites are not five foot ten. He was probably five foot seven, which put me at an inch above him. And Irish men do not like that. Anyway, I was coming back from the bathroom. I slid. <gasps> this, this was like at the beginning of our date when we just gone for coffee. I slid on something. My back foot came out from under me and I landed down. What's your back foot? My Do you right have three knee. feet? My left foot, my, like, like the foot that was behind me. You're such, oh my gosh, slid out from under me. I landed on my right knee right next to this woman's chair. And I landed with my arm on the back of her chair as if I was proposing to her. And literally was like, hi. And she and all her friends were like, oh my God, are you okay? And I was like, I'm fine. And like that, I just kind of laughed and I was like, God, slippy floor. And I had the worst <laughs> bruise on my knee. Could have been a lawsuit. Oh my God. This is the difference between us and Americans. They would have been like, lawsuit, lawsuit. 
They'd all be rich. This is why we're not rich. You don't need Mark Zuckerberg or whoever else you mentioned the other day, Elon Musk. You just need to be able to pull out the lawsuit card when you actually hurt yourself. I was actually, you know what? I was just talking to a friend of mine the other day about how I'd love to get like one of those injury claims, but like not for an injury. I want like, there was a girl in Ireland who when she was a toddler was in Smiths with her dad and a toy tractor fell off a shelf two feet in front of her and she got something like 25 grand for the trauma. That's what I want. Jesus Christ. If I that's, don't want to be injured. Honest to God, like if that's the case, many, many, many store employees could claim trauma because my children have all pulled their trousers down at them. So let's be thankful that that's not a common <laughs> happening. <laughs> well, like there's a difference between being flashed by a toddler and being like almost decapitated by a toy tractor. Is there, to is there, who are you to say what trauma is to people? I mean, that's what the lawyer would say, right? True. So all in all, online dating, a yay or a nay? It totally depends because especially when I was on Tinder, you'd kind of, you might have a day where you'd be in a roll and you'd get 10 matches and I'd be like, oh my God, I'm so desirable. And then I'd have a week of absolutely zero. And like, when I say absolutely zero, I remember my housemate at the time was on Tinder as well. And we used to like, you know, sit there kind of doing it together. If you know what I mean? Like looking at each other's decks as it were, and saying, oh, you should swipe left, you should swipe right or whatever. And she literally would say yes to 2% of the men she saw. Like, she'd look look at people and be like, no, he looks like he has a weird left ear. Or like, no, I really don't like that poster on the wall behind him. You you know, this kind of stuff. Whereas I'd be like, great, he looks great, he looks great, he looks great, he looks great. So it was really, really insulting to me when I'd know matches because I'd literally be like, I'm saying yes Mm, to everyone. Yeah. And like, no one's saying yes to me. But then there were really nice moments of validation. But... I mean, I think it's just really hard to meet people, I mean, especially during the pandemic, but even like pandemic times aside, it's really difficult to meet people offline nowadays. And I think a part of it is that we're all really busy. So like, you know, people are very busy. So when you go out with your friends, especially in your 30s and 40s, you're not going out looking to meet someone. You're going out catching up with your friend you haven't seen in three weeks. So you're not there to like flirt with men and you don't have time if someone comes up to you and goes, hi, can I buy you a drink? That's not what you're there for. Do you know what but I mean? But isn't that why online so like dating happened? But I mean, it's hard because the parameters maybe shouldn't be so much about what do you look like? And what are your hobbies? Maybe it, needs to, maybe it needs to be more like culturally, what do you have in common? Like, where are you from? Do you know what I mean? Because there is a certain comfort in like, yeah. I would immediately have like when people were Irish or whatever, I would immediately be like, oh, yeah, I'll totally meet, meet up with them. But they never, yeah, yeah. ever, ever picked me. Because <laughs> they were obviously like, I want the, you know, the fantasy of a beautiful French girlfriend. I get you. Yeah. yeah Whereas yeah. I was like, oh, I'd love yeah. the comfort of like a really good crack Irish man, you know? Yeah. And, and like also, I think, I don't know, anecdotally, I think women go into things like you, you go on a date. Loads of my friends actually have gone on dates and have come back on. You know what? I'm not really sure I'd fancy him. He was nice. Like we had a nice time. I'd probably see him again. Whereas I, what I gather is that if a man comes out of a date going, I'm not really sure I fancied her. He's like, no. You know what I mean? I'm not really sure I fancied her. I'll go again. Yeah, well, I you know don't know. I mean? I mean, I feel like Don was not sure he fancied me, but he called me up and asked me out on a second date because he was like, that date was so bad. Do you want to go on another date? That's a story for another day. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think it depends on the person, you know, but maybe that's more. Yeah, maybe yeah. it is more. Maybe it is more common. I, I, I do think like it depends also what you're looking for. Like, because I think. Yeah. Partly the mismatch is that there's an assumption that we're all there for the same thing, but we're not. And if we're, and even if we're not, we don't all, we're not all honest about what we're looking for. I was actually just about to say that, that like when I online dated in America, it was the first time that I saw any man saying, I'm looking for a relationship. In Ireland, it might be like, 
I'm looking to date and see what happens. And that would be as close as you got to a man saying, I'm looking for a relationship. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but there's also a big difference because here, um, particularly in Fort Wayne, a lot of people, including your partner, have already been like there's a a much younger marriage, divorce, separation rate. So there's a much more like I've already been there. I'm coming with different um, I'm coming with different backgrounds and different kind of realities, you know, like whereas if we're all Mm -hmm. single, Mm -hmm. then we all have like it's a different playing field, you know. But yeah, I I mean, I still I still you're probably still right. Probably still the like there are people who are still like, well, I've got 17 kids and I've been divorced twice and I'm looking to see what happens versus I'm looking. But I mean, also, I don't think I think some people are not looking for a relationship, but still somehow it's not super okay to be like, I just want to have fun. Yeah, I just want to hook up. Yeah. 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 And like, yeah, it's just uh, like it's it's really complicated, I think, by so many different factors. And like, yes, as you said, one of the main ones is that we're not always honest with each other or even kind of with ourselves, I think. Yeah. And like I was saying to you earlier that like even I remember when when I was online dating, I remember there was one guy that I'd arranged to go on a date with and he was being real like wishy-washy and, you know, kind of maybe we'll do this, maybe we'll do that. And eventually I just said to him here, like, do you want to go on this second date or not? Because no hard feelings at all if you don't want to go. But like, you know, just 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 let me know because I'll make other plans. And like my other plans were like, I'm going to sit at home, but I want to know that I'm sitting at home. And um, he basically was like, you know what? I just think you're looking for something a lot more serious than I am. And I think it was literally me saying, I want a commitment. Yes or no. Are we dating? Like, are we going on a date on Saturday night? And he was like, it's too much. You know what I mean? You're not being casual. It sounds like me. I mean, not to do with relationships, but just to do with making plans. Sounds like me. Yeah, I don't want to make any plans. But you know, I also feel like weird things like in a way, um, online dating, I suppose to me was good because it opened me up to like, I think it, it made me be more open, but it also made me like just relax. You know, it, it, it made me like not necessarily not expect true love from everything, but it made me realistic to the reality that like true love will not come from everything. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. I think prior to yeah. that, like every relationship I'd had, I didn't, I'd actually had, I had any relationships, couldn't tell you. Probably you not. Had, no. Uh, oh yeah. Maybe one. But like everything was about like, where is this going? And you know, what's the end of this going to be? And is this, is this forever? Is this a forever relationship? Whereas like online dating kind of opened me up to the idea of like, no, it's not. Get over yourself. This person's never going to call you again. And oh, I remember I went on, I went on a date with one guy who literally sat down opposite me and goes, you're not as thin as your picture. And then became one of my best friends. And I'm like, what was wrong with me? Like, oh, I know what I was going to say. I was going to say, like, I was literally reading today about this idea of, oh, I was listening to the podcast, The Guru, which is about, can't remember any of their names, The Secret and Oprah Winfrey's Rosemary, you need to tell. Which 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 is about this self-help oh, thank guy you. Yes. called like Michael or Jonathan. He has a real kind of yes. run of the mill yes. name that I can't remember. And how he basically used to do these retreats that was basically like find your power and become rich at my retreat. And a whole load of people yes. died in a oh, sweat lodge yes, when he was basically exactly. like like and, and and he basically told them you have to die to come alive. Well, and they actually well, died. Yes. But what more what was more shocking to me than anything in all of this and what made me maybe realise I don't want to call it my Irishness, my Irishness maybe, but like maybe my closeness to my mother, my similarity to my mother was the fact that so many of them talked about I went I used to date, I used to go out with guys, I used to have bad relationships. And after a while I realized that these relationships I was searching out unproductive relationships because I didn't respect myself. I was like, oh, really? I was like, 
really? Like, I just thought that this was the guy's fault or like bad luck to me. I mean, like, I feel like my mom, you know, I don't really think about it that much. Like, I never analyzed Mm. it to that extent. I was like, did I? Then this morning I was like, my entire first two decades were just disastrous because I was just not looking for the right things anyway. The point being, I was like, I don't know that I was looking for the right things or valuing the right things, but also maybe not meeting the right people. So like, can you actually be blamed for that? You know what? I really, I think there was probably a, a very long phase in your life where you didn't value yourself enough to not step off the path for the short That's time. what they're saying. That's what my point. No, I know. And I'm, but, but, but like, I'm reiterating but I'm going, like, I'm I don't really yes. think about it that way. I think I was more just raised to be polite to everybody. I don't, like, I think when he said, hey, yeah. I feel bad. I'm short and you're tall. Would you mind getting in the road? I was like, okay, want to make you feel better. This could be true love. I mean, obviously I should have been like, this is not true love. But like, I was thinking this guy could still be amazing. Anyway, all this to say that like, I think, you know, going out with all these people made me realize like how different people are and how maybe lucky I am to have finally found somebody with whom I only disagree once a day. But also like it made me probably more open to meeting people in more unusual circumstances because like on one of my dates I went on a date this guy didn't turn up right he like just literally didn't turn up or he turned up and didn't like how I was looking etc well actually I went out with one guy who said I almost walked away when I came around the corner because you were wearing gray flappy trousers I was wearing those trousers with the straps parachute pants. And did I say, oh, well, I'm walking away now. Oh, no. I said, oh, I'm really glad you're still here. What the hell? Like, seriously. Anyway. So, I mean, he was right about the pants. That is not the point, Rosemary. You just have a problem with my trousers. Anyway, so I was going, uh, this guy didn't turn up. So I went over to the taxi rank. This is now initially. I went over to the taxi rank and I got in the first taxi and the ta- I said to the taxi, like, drive me to this party. My friends were having a party and he's driving me and he's driving me. And, and like, I, and he was, I was looking in the rear view mirror. I was like, this guy, this taxi driver is incredibly attractive, blah, blah, blah. And he was being extremely flirty. And I'm like, oh, taxi driver, do you want to come to this party? He's like, yeah, great. So we're in the party. We go out, we date three more times. And after the third date, he goes, I'm not actually a taxi driver. I was like, what? He goes, I was just parked in the taxi rank and you got in my car. <laughs> After three dates, he told you. Well, I mean, in fairness, he probably was like, I'm like a psychopath. Yes. Uh, Yes. Well, he also wasn't super smart, but he was extremely handsome. Anyway, enough of that. So, I mean, open me up to a whole other world of dangerousness. Because like if mom was to hear this, she'd be like, you could be dead. Note to all women listening to this. The moral of this story is not just get in the car. Oh, no. Or be open to anybody. It's check that this is a correct taxi. Yeah, yeah, actually, you know what? Lessons we've learned. <laughs> if if a man invites you over to watch Game of Thrones oh. and then doesn't text you to reconfirm, he's just not that into yeah, do not, you. Yeah, do, asks... do not immediately purchase reams of fur throws. <laughs> if a man asks you to step off the path so that you may stop oh. humiliating him with your gargantuan height, you are not going to gargantuan. fall in love with him. Gargantuan. He's not going to fall in love Gargantuan. In his, to his mind. You said he was five I foot one. Was, you probably I looked was like Brienne of Tarts to him. <laughs> I was thinking about her the other day. I was probably of Tarts. Do you mind? Oh, he was probably about five foot eight. You're such a brat. <laughs> you said five foot one. I was using hyperbole, Rosemary, or even hyperbole. <laughs> Oh my God, I'm actually really glad you corrected that because I'm like, I was like, I knew you were joking, but I'm sure people would listen and be like, she's so dumb. She's posh, but she's dumb. Posh, excuse me. Keep going. What's the third lesson? The third lesson is 
check that this is a real taxi. Oh yeah. Well, well, I thought we covered that in I thought we covered that in don't just get in the car. Oh, yeah. No, no. The third lesson is don't judge people from oh. down the country who don't know where Grafton Street is. Oh yeah, exactly. Although actually when he showed up he was wearing boot cut je- blue boot cut jeans, brown shoes and an MMA hoodie. Rosemary, you are dating that right now. <laughs> oh my god, you're not wrong. I know. <gasps> So, back to the previous point, do not judge people from down the country who don't know where Grafton Street is. Okay? Excellent takeaways. I love it. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. We would really appreciate it if you take the time to go to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating. And if you have even more time, a review. It can be short. We love reading them. You can get all of our show notes and transcripts of every episode lovingly hand-typed by moi on notwithoutmysis.com. Oh, and we have a competition running on our Instagram right now and it's a really good one. So if you're on Instagram, head to at notwithoutmysister and enter it because it's fun. And we have more things, more exciting things coming. Yes, very good. And thanks very Beatrice, much. Beatrice, where can people follow you? Uh, at Beatrice McCabe with an A in my Mac. On Instagram. On Instagram, yeah, sorry. And I'm on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at Rosemary McCabe with an A in my Mac if you want to follow me and see what I'm up to. And we will be back in in your ear holes next week thanks very much for listening to us and if you have any recommendations for what we should discuss feel free to share them with us we are always happy for topic suggestions and terrible or excellent online dating stories oh yeah we'd love them give me all of them Not Without My Sister is produced by Liam Garrity sound mixing and editing is by Don Kirkland original music is also by Don Kirkland hashtag very talented and our original illustration is by Lindsay Nielsen Not Without My Sister is a member of The Warren, the home of great Irish podcasts, as is my podcast, Meet Your Maker. You'll find more great shows at thewarren.ie.